today. We love you and we honor you. And we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, Father, we ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. Father, we thank you that we want to hear from heaven so that we will be healed in every way. And we bless and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Hebrews 10 is where we're going to go today. Amen. This is just something that we can't get around, and it's called faith. Because with faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. So you must have an act of faith for God to, to move on your, the promises. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're Abraham's seed and heir, heirs to the promises of God. Now when you're an heir, as you know, something is handed down to you. It's like you don't have to earn it. It's given. And so that's what I like to remember when I talk about uh, faith and being an heir. Amen. We need to understand that everything that God has promised, he can also perform. If, if You wouldn't promise your kids something you can't give them. If you have doubt in your mind, you say, well, maybe we'll see. But with God, there's a never, maybe, we'll see. Everything is yes and amen. And so we have to trust God that he is a, a, a provider. He will diligently give you everything that he's promised you. Amen. But there are certain, um, how can I say, there are certain things, I'm, I'm going to just say, things about faith that we have to know. Because we can easily overlook some vital things. They're vital, yet we can overlook them if we're not grounded in the word of God. Amen. So we need to hold fast our profession. Why? Because this is one way that you get what you want. You've got to say it. Pride comes in and keeps a lot of people from saying what they want from God. Amen. You know, they're reluctant to say what they want because they don't want to seem like um, they need God. Amen. And that's really what it is. You know. And so you may not feel that way. We've all been there. But it's that we, we really don't want other people to know that we are in need. I'll put it like that. And so we have to be sure of our information. And I'm just going to call it information. What has God told you about your promise? What has God said is very important. And I think this is why the Lord gave me this message. What has God told you about the promise? Something that he has promised you. What did he tell you about it? What scripture are you standing on to receive that promise? And that's the basis of this whole thing. Amen. And I believe God really, really showed me something. Something that is not new, but something that we overlook. And God doesn't want us to overlook anything because he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. And he especially wants to give us the promise because we're heirs. Amen. Hallelujah. So be sure of the information received from God concerning your situation. In other words, have a scripture that backs up what you believe God has told you you can have. Find a scripture. Amen. And then trust him with it. So you can't trust him if you don't have evidence on the information. Amen. If you don't have evidence... For that information. In other words, we're heirs. And if you go to a lawyer claiming that someone left you something, you've got to have some paperwork. You've got to have something that you're standing on. A bloodline. Give them some blood. Give them. You've got to have something. You've you got to have some information. So be sure of the information that God has given you concerning what you're praying for. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So let's go to Hebrews 10 with that said. In other words, final scripture. Hebrews 10.23. And it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Notice it says without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And that's really all we need. Because see, that's linking to the other evidence or information that God has given you that he's going to give you that thing. Amen. It's not good that man should be alone. Therefore, I trust God that he will give me a helpmate. Amen. So that scripture or, or your information that you have that says that what you're, what you're expecting God to do for you is not just out there. Something you picked up from somebody else. But there is scripture based on, on you being the reciprocant of a husband or a wife. Does that make sense? So we need to always say that when you are expecting God to do something, say it. And also remind God of your proof. Remind him of your scripture or whatever it is that you are basing that promise on. You have to remind him of that because he wants to hear that from you. Amen. And Because this stops the wavering. Because it says without wavering. Amen. He who promised is faithful. Amen. So this is not holding on. I'm not saying hold on to some religion. Or something that you practice saying that sounds good through the years. A lot of us do that. But I'm saying get it scripturally verified so that it will stand on earth and in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to, uh, let's go down to verse, uh, chapter 11. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders, and that's the Old Testament saints, obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So, you see why you need a scripture to stand on for what you're asking God? Because now God's saying... I'm faithful to give it to you. He who has promised is faithful. But then he's saying, now I want you to see it before you get it. And if you, when you have to see something before you get it, you had better have a scripture to stand on. Amen. Or you will fall flat on your face. And I believe this is why God is, is saying this to us today. And so when you have a scripture, you've got something to lean on when the devil try to knock you out for the 15th, 16th time and say, you're not getting it. You know, and then he'll come up with all these other reasons. And so you have a scriptural base or a foundation for what you are asking him for. Are y'all here today? Amen. And so this, and this is what, what you need to hear. Amen. It's what you need to hear. Hallelujah. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's not seen and so God is asking us to believe that we have it before we see it. And so when the devil comes and tells us all of these reasons why you don't deserve it or you're not going to get it, you need something to stand on. You need a foundation. And that scripture or the information that God has given you concerning your gift or what you, what, uh, what you have, what is it? Because when you're an heir, because it's promised to you. So in other words, when the devil comes by and tells you you can't have a promise and you're an heir, you have something to fight back. You use your mouth and you use that scripture. And that's your foundation for your reward. Amen. So if you haven't been fighting the devil this way all the time, because he doesn't come knocking at your door all the time, but when he does, it's good that you have something to fight with. Amen. 
So you have the word of God and you have the promises of God. Who you are. You know, I'm the daughter of Abraham and I ought to be healed. I'm the daughter of Abraham and I should not be alone because two is better than one. I am the daughter of Abraham and you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. You have to know who you are. You have to stand on the word and you have to speak it out of your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. I think it's roundup time. I believe God is making sure that nobody slipped through the cracks, that everybody get what he has promised them, what they've been standing for for so long. So I believe if God sees something that we're not doing right, he's going to correct us and keep it moving because it is his great pleasure to bless his children. Amen. Hallelujah. Did I do verse 3? I don't think so. It says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All we're doing is framing our world. We're framing our world. That's all we're doing. You can't frame your world or your future if if you don't have a foundation to fall back on. If you don't have a basis for your frame. What are you going to do? So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. In other words, you have to create what you receive from God by your words. That's what this is saying. Your words must create. It's time to create what you are expecting from God. And you have a scripture base, a foundation. And you know who you are. You're an heir. You're a daughter of Abraham. So when you know these things, there's nothing that can stand in your way from receiving what God has for you. Nothing. Amen. It's it's so simple, it don't make sense. Amen. You fought a good warfare. Fought a good fight. It's time to receive what God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It says that the Old Testament saints obtained a good report. So you have to let it come out of your mouth. Whatever it is is that you are expecting, you must allow it to come out of your mouth just as the Old Testament saints did. That's how they overcame with the blood of the lamb, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of your testimony is so important. And that word framed means set in order. So you set in order what God has for you by saying it, by knowing who you are, amen, and by having a scriptural base for what you're expecting God to do for you. That word framed also means complete and fitted, amen, made fully ready. Notice it's made fully ready. It's like when you get through this, you don't have to wait anymore. It's ready for you. And you don't have to say, well, is he going to be tall, dark, and handsome? All that's getting worked out in the process while you are proclaiming with your mouth. And so you don't have to get it ready. God will get it ready. It's it's made fully ready. It's framed, set set in order, complete, fitted, made fully ready. That word framed also means repair, prepare, and arranged. Hallelujah. So let's go to verse, let's go back over to chapter 10. And let's go to chap, verse uh, 38. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So in other words, you get so far to the end and you'd be surprised how many people quit at the end. That's called drawing back. Amen. It says, so now the just shall live by faith. So what is God saying? He says, look, there's no other way to get this but through faith. And I've given you the measure of faith. Everything is set in order. All you have to do is follow instructions or trust me. Amen. And you will receive what I have for you. Hallelujah. Don't draw back. Amen. 39 says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. 
but of those who believe to the saving of our souls. So we are those that believe, not those that quit and draw back and go backwards. That's not who we are. We're the seed of Abraham, daughters of, and sons of Abraham, and heirs to the promises of God. Amen. And we know it, and, we, and that's why you declare it, because you know it. God doesn't know you know it unless you declare it. Amen. You have to know who you are. Praise God. Amen. So faith is really acting upon the word of God. It's what you have and what you know about God. What you have and what you know. What do you have? The promises of God. What do you know? That he's a man that does not lie and he can perform that which he has promised. He's perfectly able. And I am an heir. So I hold papers to what God has promised. And so it shall surely come. Because I, I declare and decree out of my mouth. That I am a daughter of Abraham. And I will receive what it is that God has for me. I am decreeing out of my mouth. I'm framing my future with my mouth. Amen. You know what I first heard. I didn't hear it in this way. But when I had just come out of the Baptist church. And I was going uh, to Women's Aglow. And I would hear them say similar things. Like, you have to declare it. Declare and decree. And I'm like, hmm, I don't want to do that. You know? Because I was so discouraged and hurt. I just didn't even want to. I didn't want to talk about it. Amen? And, but you know what? God is merciful. He's full of compassion. Amen. And he will help you out of those places where you, all you care about is pleasing him and obeying him. And you don't care what anybody thinks. That's why we don't declare like we should. I know for it from experience. Because you know what I used to tell God? Well, you know what I want. I mean, I didn't know any better. Why do I have to keep saying it? Amen. But see, that's the key to everything. But the devil will put you on lockdown if you don't really understand the importance of speaking. Because see, the devil knows that when you say something, you're, you're framing your world. And if you don't say it, then how is it ever going to happen? And so we live in defeat because at some point anybody would get tired. But if you know and you understand how the game is played, hate to put it like that because it's not a game. But if you know how to allow the word to work for you, that's the proper thing, (laughs) then you won't miss. And when you shoot, you will hit the target. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Paul wanted to teach the people this new way of faith. Because see, people were, uh, well, let's, let's, let's just read. Let's go to 10. Let's go back up to verse 1. Amen. When they had animal sacrifices. It says uh, in verse 10, verse 1, it says, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image the things can never, did I read that right? And not the very image of the, of the things can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. It says, in other words, animal sacrifices became insufficient. Amen. That's what this is trying to say. Verse 2, it says, For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers, once, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every day. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats t- could take care of sin. It says, therefore, in verse 5, 
When he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did desire, you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. O God, he takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Talking about Jesus, taking away the first um, uh, way to get forgiveness, amen, through sacrifice, and bringing up another one, amen, and that's the new the new way of uh, the new sacrifice which is Jesus it says in verse 10 by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin see this is the law it says but this man After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he added, their sins and their law, their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now everybody ought to have a hallelujah. But if you don't, I can do it for you. Hallelujah. In other words, God is saying, look, he is saying, (laughs) the the sacrifices of animals can never put away sin forever. That's why they did it once a year. He says, but I have come up with a plan for your life by using my son on that cross, doing away with sins forever. And I will remember your sins no more. Hallelujah. Amen. I will remember them no more. So let's see. I think I left off with verse 18. Okay. And it said, yeah, no more. And then it says in 18, now where there is remission of sins there is no longer an offering for sin amen hallelujah verse 19 says therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of jesus by a new and living way see this is a better covenant a new and living covenant which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh And having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assistance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Amen. So see, you see why you have to hold fast your confession? Amen. Hallelujah. Because your sins, he will remember no more. So the scriptures really remind us and remind God of what his promises said. And it frames your world. God, I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm not sick. I'm healed. You know, well, do you have pain? Yeah, but I'm healed. 
I'm healed because I have the scriptures to back it up. Amen. Isaiah 53 says he bore, he, he was bruised for my iniquity. You know, and he was whatever, for my transgressions. The chastisement of his peace was upon my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. See, I have information from God, amen, in scripture form that lets me know that I am healed. And I declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So whatever we get from God, we need to declare it because I'm framing my future of healness by declaring that Jesus died on that cross for me. And he bore my pain according to Isaiah 53. Amen. And I am redeemed from the curse of sickness because Deuteronomy 28 it says that sickness is a curse and Galatians 3.13 says that I'm redeemed from the curse so I am declaring my future because I'm framing it amen I'm framing my future to walk in divine health for the rest of my life hallelujah and see this is the secret that the devil tries to steal from us He's like, oh, well, you know God, you know, God knows, he knows, he knows what he's doing. Just trust him and go on off on some mountain somewhere and have a picnic. But it's not that way. We are supposed to declare what God has already promised. According to the scriptures, God, I am healed. I'm redeemed from the curse. The sickness is a curse and I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this is what Paul was trying to uh, let the New Testament believers and the churches uh, in Corinth and and, uh, the churches in Ephesus and all of these cities. He was trying to let the believers know that that old um, covenant was done away with. Amen. And he says, the blessings of Abraham maketh you rich. And so when he was telling people that, they got curious. And then he started to explain. You know, because he used to put out arrest warrants for people who entered into, the Bible says, that faith. I don't have it right now where it is. But he says... That he used to arrest and harass and kill people who entered into that kind of faith. What is that kind of faith? The faith that he now preaches. (laughs) Amen. The kind of faith that he is now preaching. Amen. And so he says, so that's why he had to go back and undo a bad thing that he had done. Amen. He says, instead of the law... We have that kind, that kind of faith will work for you if you declare it out of your mouth. Paul wanted people to understand that animal sacrifices were no longer sufficient. He said, but we have a mediator. Amen. And he has done a complete, a one-time complete work. And after that, we have a better covenant. Amen. Hallelujah. He tried to let them know, and this, I believe this is why he wrote so much of the New Testament. He says where God would put his law, he'll put the law in your heart and, and write it in your heart across your mind so that you would receive it and not forget it. Amen. That's in Hebrews 10.16 if you want to write that down. So his, his suggestion to us is to draw nigh with a heart Full of assurance of faith. Amen. Be washed pure from the evil conscience by his blood. Amen. See, you can't do anything in the natural with a bad conscience when you sin. You can't save yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold fast to your confession of faith. Say what God says about your future. 
Say what he says. And know who you are. Heirs to the promise. Amen. You, and that's your foundational basis to, for receiving what God has promised you. Amen. So God wants us. He wants to hear us. Let him know, you know, what we're believing. If you believe it, you're going to know it. Because you're going to check up on it, check it out. Write it down. Put it on note cards until you remember it. Amen. God knows when you mean business. Because you make it your business to, uh, how can I put it? Seek a matter out. Seek a matter out. Find scriptural basis. Know what he says and believe what he says and proclaim and declare because it's written in your heart and you're not going to let it go. If it takes a long time, you keep standing. Having done all, you continue to stand. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't need a ceremonial cleansing anymore because you've been washed by the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. See, that's a good thing to tell the devil next time he tells you, you ain't going to never get nobody, or you ain't going to never get a house, or get a car, or whatever the situation is. It'll never, it'll never be resolved. And you can tell him, oh yeah, it will, because it's already been decreed. It's, it's written in heaven. I've already framed my future with my mouth. And here's the scripture that says, God will provide all my needs, you know. And so you uh, pull, uh, what's that scripture, Philippians 4.19 on it. You pull whatever you need. Hey, he supplies all my need. Amen. He is more, El Shaddai. He is the God that is more than enough. You know, this is what, if Jesus had to pull his card on him, so will we. And until we do it, you know, we just have to do it. It's very important. Hallelujah. God wants us to have a full assurance of faith. And this is what Paul was trying to help us to understand. So hold fast your profession of faith without wavering. Amen. Notice that word wavering. Salvation is by confession. That's how we got saved. Amen. By faith we confess that Jesus Christ is is the, died for us on that Christ, the Son of God, soon coming King. He died for me, and I want to live for Him, and I believe that with all my heart. It came by saying it. So if salvation came by saying it, then the blessings and the promises come the same way. Because salvation is an already packaged deal. It's a gift. Healing is a gift. Prosperity is a gift. All of these things are gifts already prepared for us. But we have to declare them. Just like you opened your mouth and said, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You have to say that, you know, whatever your scripture base, whatever information God has given you concerning your situation, you have to say it. Amen. You don't have to give scripture and verse. But if you know it, I tell, I tell the devil every day now. I said, you know, I'm redeemed from the curse. Amen. And sickness is a curse. And I claim my healing by faith in Jesus' name. Because, you know, I just lay it out there. You know, I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. I am redeemed. God has already healed me. I am healed. It's an already factor. The already factor. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Salvation, salvation is by confession, and so are everything else that you ask God for. So you have to speak. Therefore, you shall speak. And this was Paul's. And this is why Paul kept saying, I press for the prize. Amen. He kept going because he knew that God had him walk out what we all need to walk out. Amen. And that's a life of, of living for Christ, uh, picking up your cross, and following him. And knowing who you are in him. In him we live. 
In him we move and in him we have our being. It's all about him. Amen. Hallelujah. And you can have what you say. That's the good part about this. Now Mark 11.23. Isn't that what it says? Amen. Speak to the mountain. Why? Because you can have what you say. Why don't we turn there right quick. We'll go back to Hebrews 11 in a minute. Hallelujah. You can never go wrong working the word. Amen. Amen. 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. And I'll read it anyway. We all know it. But it says, whosoever, um, let's see, says to this mountain. And when it says says, that means speak it out of your mouth in your own language, however you understand it. For assuredly I say to you, whosoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. And see there it is, does not doubt. But believe that those things he say will be done. He will have whatsoever he say. Now how will you ever believe? How do you get to believe what God says is true? By saying it. Because if you say it, guess what? Heaven hears you. Hell hears you. I hear me. And the more I say it, the more I believe it. That's how. That's how you, you start to believe. And that's why it says do not doubt in your heart. Because if you keep saying something, you ever seen people or talk to people who just tell stories and they tell them so many years they start believing them? Because they say it all the time. They say it all the time. My father was a great storyteller. T- okay. But he, t- you know he told them stories and some Ubu and all these people. And you thought they were real. My father started believing it because he would remember them and tell them like on, you know. And he started believing that stuff because he told that stuff so much, you know. But he was the type, he would say anything to make somebody laugh. So if he made you laugh, he knew he had you. But he, everything I found out that he said, he, it was, no, he had you, huh? Ubu was not real. <laughs> but he believed it, and he would make you believe it because he said it with such conviction. Amen. Hallelujah. But no, he made that up when I was little, a little girl. And it sounds good. And I just say, mm-hmm. I say, oh, yeah. That's because it sounds so believable. But that's how it is when you keep saying something, you start to believe it. And that's how we have that full assurance of faith. Because if you keep, see, saying it, I'm telling you, that's why the devil will creep in there and say, don't you say that. Because then so-and-so going to know. He's something else. But I'm telling you, say it anyway. Say it loud and say it strong. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And when you continue to confess something, you are hearing it. The devil is hearing it. And heaven hears. And heaven stands with you when you confess things. Amen. That's why it's important to talk right. Don't talk wrong because your mouth is framing your future. Amen. You can have whatsoever you say. And that's what this is saying. Speak to the mountain. Who, whosoever say. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who it is. Amen. You, it says, when, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And that's the other thing. You don't believe after you get it. You don't believe when you see things changing. But you believe way back when you first uttered that, ask God for that thing. And you start believing the more you learned about the word, the more your faith increased. And you start saying, you know what, I believe I'm going to get this because... It feels so right, you know, and God and see because God is is changing your heart and changing your wanna be to not wanna be. He's pulling out the stuff you don't like 
you don't want and he's changing us dealing with our pride and all of these things and so God is changing us as we start to proclaim what he has promised he's he's and he's causing you really to want it more when you say it more you start wanting it more and that's good that's a good thing amen so whosoever says amen in verse 24 therefore i say to you whatever you ask when you pray believe you receive it and you shall have it amen Faith will work by saying it. Just simply saying it. Amen. And that's what I heard Tiffy saying that when she was doing the offering. I said, she stole my message. Amen. But honey, you know, you keep saying it and you will have it. Amen. You don't have to be telling everybody, but just say it when you're walking around the house. In general conversation with people of like precious faith. Your children, they're good people to preach to, you know. And I used to, you know, coming up, I used to say everything to them. And I used to, and and that's why it's ingrained in them now. Amen. Hallelujah. So simply say what God has said about your situation and don't talk defeat. When you get discouraged, and those times come for everybody. And sometimes when you get rid of the discouragement, it'll come back on you. But every time it comes, you got a mouth. And you command discouragement to go because see, discouragement is not a part of your um, what is that plan that God has for us? What is that thing? What is it? Yeah, benefits package. That's why I look for that thing. <laughs> Benefit that little box. I will forever hold on to it. It's a good reminder. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and it's part of our benefits package. And so it is good to remind God. See, God already knows. He made the rules. It's just that He wants to know that you know it. Amen? He wants to know because He's got some. What's those um, laws? See, heaven and earth is governed by laws, and he has laws that he can't usurp. And so he wants you to abide by every rule so you don't miss it. So if speaking it out is something we have to do, then we will speak it out. Amen? Hallelujah. Mark eleven twelve. So let's back up a little bit. That's 11.23. And Mark 11.12 says, Now the next day when they had come, Oh, wait a minute. This I have to tell you about the fig tree. Because it goes right into the fig tree. When he says, For assuredly I say to you, Whosoever say to this mountain. And then it talks about that fig tree. Hallelujah. Jesus was coming from Bethany. And he was, had been praying for people. He passed that fig tree, as you all know, with the disciples. And he thought, that he was hungry, to be honest with you. And he thought that he would get fruit from the tree, and it had no fruit on it. Amen. So he just decided, you know, when I was in religion, I used to think he got mad. Because that's what it seemed like. And cursed the tree. And that's what a lot of Baptists teach and he got mad because it didn't have any fruit on it. And he cursed the tree. That's not why he cursed it. He cursed it because he thought that that was the time and place to teach the disciples the word of God. <laughs> and what to do in this situation. What he really wanted to do was show them that his word was true. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the fig tree that Jesus caused to wither and die, that, that okay, it says, um, I forgot where I was. But anyway, he had just come from the temple kicking over those tables. Hey, he might have been a little mad. <laughs> he just got finished dealing with the Sadducees and the fat and the whatever, Pharisees. Amen. And so he might have been a tad bit mad. <laughs> he kicked over the money changers. And he did whatever it was. But that's where he had just come from. As a matter of fact, I just realized that. Hallelujah. So this is the thing. By Jesus' stripes, 
I am already healed. Amen. That already factor is in process. But the already factor was working for that fig tree too. Because the fig tree had no no fruit on it. And if in fact the tree was out of season. And so he cursed it just to teach them how to work the word. That's really what he was doing. Teaching them how to work the word. And the next morning when they came by it was completely dried up and he was trying to teach them how words coming out of your mouth will frame your life it frames your future amen so let me think if i can find it again i think it's verse 12 mark 11 verse 12 now the next day when they had come out of bethany he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs in response Jesus said to it let no no one eat from you ever again and his disciples heard it so they came to Jerusalem in 15 when Jesus went uh, into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Let's see. Let's go down to 20. It says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. And Peter, remembering remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus said, answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And then he goes into, for surely I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, and believes that those things he say will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. So you see God is very much involved in the already factor. You must believe that it's already done. Amen. Before you get it, don't be. The, the Thomas factor is I believe when I see it. And that's how we start out. But we start to believe the already factor. And that is it's already done whether I see it or not. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's see, where am I going from here? So anyway, this is what I have to say about what happened with that fig tree. That was a lesson, which is what I said, but it was a lesson in demonstration. In demonstration and in power. Amen. So say what God said about your situation. And hold your confession. Hold to it. That means don't change it. Hold your confession. Don't change it. I don't care who make you mad. I don't care if you don't want it anymore. I don't want to hear that God didn't tell you that in the first place after 15 years. I don't want to hear that one. Because I didn't heard that one too much. And it makes no sense. Amen. Because God, his word never changes. Amen. He, his word is a rock. It is a solid foundation. And that's why I tell people, and this is what the Lord told me to tell people. Get information on your situation and get it backed up with the word. Once you do that, don't come up to me telling me God never told you that because it's backed up. By the word of God. Amen. Don't tell me that. You, you just need to let God help you get over the hump. Because it's just another hump that you have to get over. It, it really, really is. God, the devil throws these things out. What's that thing on the floor? Snare. The snare. <laughs> he, he throws snares at you. And that's a hump that you have to get his help to get over. And sometimes it can hang us up because we're only human and it's just a lot sometimes on top of everyday living. But not too much that we can't win because we've already won. Amen. 
we have already won. Hallelujah. So those who wait to see before they say is not in faith. And that's what we call the Thomas factor. Just repent and say, God, you know, I thought I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Because I just went to God so many times and said, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm dizzy. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know how to get it done. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and God is, is compassionate and full of mercy to those that are humble. Amen. Because most of the time we just don't know. And, and see, this is how you can go one or two ways. You can stick with God and press toward the mark of the high calling, which is the prize, which is Christ Jesus. You can keep pressing or you can become double-minded because it's going to happen one way or the other. And when you become double-minded, God is not pleased with you. He said something about a double-minded man. You know, he, it, it makes him angry with you or it grieves him when you become double-minded. So don't be double-minded. Be single-minded. Amen. That's, it's like this. I'm single-minded. I'm looking one way. I'm not looking at the cross world. I'm not looking at what I can't see. I'm not, I'm not dealing with how I feel. I'm just looking one way. And that's toward the, the, the Christ who has forgiven me, who loves me, and who will help me get to the next stage. Amen. He will help me get to where I am. When you renew your mind, that's how you become single-minded. You can't keep your face like a flint if you are not single-minded. Amen? Every wind and wave of doctrine that comes your way, you're going to be looking at, what What they say? What? And then you'll say, well, maybe that's what I ought to do. And maybe that's what I ought to do. And it's not what you ought to do. Amen? You stay stable. Stay fixed. And there's gonna, the devil's going to send people your way, people that you care about, that say negative things, like how old are you, and that kind of stuff. Like God don't know how old you are. And so they'll say little things like that to discourage you. But you stay single-minded. You stay, you know, with your, your head held high and... Looking toward, not in arrogance and not in, because there's a warning somewhere in, uh, yeah, in, in here, and it talks about becoming arrogant. There's somewhere that we read, in Hebrews, I think, where it talks about, you know, allowing yourself to become arrogant and thinking that you know more because God, I know what God's told me to do. Yeah, but you do it with humility. Amen. Let's go to Romans 12. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. See, it's always when every time the Lord tell me, well, he'll give me a scripture. And I say, back there again? And he said, uh-huh, because I got something new all the time. <laughs> so I don't question him no more. But I'll be honest. I used to say that again. And it's like, yeah, you know. But he's con- consistently unveiling things and giving us new revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it says that, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. So, and it says, and do not conform to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perf- the perfect will of God. So what is God doing by us, how can I say it, looking straight and staying straight as an arrow, not compromising with the world. And this is why it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. But don't conform to the world, but being a straight shooter as best you know. And keeping your eyes on the prize. When you do that, you are showing the world what's good and acceptable to God. In other words, it's this. I can do it and serving God ain't hard. And we all need to be doing it. And then when we are... um, 
good role models for God or however you want to put it. When we obey God and people see the light of Christ in us, we're winning souls. We're speaking. See, we don't have to say a word to people. I, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin not long ago, and he says he never spoke a word to his family members about serving God. Never one. one. He said he prayed for them, but he never got in at them and started preaching to them about what they need to do. He said, God told him, your life will be a witness to them. Amen. And that's the way it is. Hallelujah. And that's what it means by... Um, your body's a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Now, the devil comes in with religion, and people will say, my body is a temple. You heard them say that, and it's a temple and all this stuff, and that's why I go to the gym. So religious and crazy. And it's like, well, what do you do after 10 o'clock at night? 9 o'clock, where you at? Because the gym is closed. <laughs> but see how religion, that's not what God is talking about. God is talking about how you live from day to day with your, all your mistakes and all your mess-ups. But, you know, does he hear from your lips repentant words? And I love you, Lord. And does he, do you follow him all the days of your life? Are you a straight shooter? Or, or have you quit a zillion times? See, these are the things that, you know, because my family has seen me... Doing for God. And that's all. Even when I was a Baptist, I did for God as best I knew how. And that's all you can do. See, when you are a living sacrifice, that's the best that you can give. Amen? That's the best that you can give. Let your children, let your aunts and uncles, let drunk Uncle Lou, let them see you serving God. Amen? That's your reasonable service. Amen? And when you do that, you've done everything that God has called you to do. Amen. Let them hear you confess Christ and confess and, and say, God's going to do it. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I, when uh, me and Bianca uh, got up this morning and I told her, I said, yeah, I feel better than I felt yesterday. I said, but I'm healed anyway. And B.B. said, Amen. <laughs> Didn't you? She agreed with me because she see me proclaiming my healing even though I'm, I haven't been my best. You understand? But I'm framing my future and framing hers by my, the words that come out of my mouth. Amen? And when you do that, you're doing everything that God has called you to do. Amen. That's what a witness is. Because some of these witnesses that pass out these tracts will cuss you out. I'm telling you. Don't know what the tract said because they didn't read it. You know, I'm not talking about all of them. I'm just talking about a lot of them. Amen. But I'm telling you, your life is, is the best tract that you can give anybody. Amen. How you live your life. How you treat others is so important. Amen. And, and, you know, treating people like you want to be treated. Do you get treated back right all the time? No. But you still do what's right. Because you're not trying to impress a person or a people. You're trying to impress God. Amen. And you're being obedient to God. Because these are the people that get blessed. I'm telling you. Those are the people that get blessed. The ones that do what the scriptures say do. Love one another. Be kind to one another. Bear one another. Bear up with one another. Uh, lay down your life for a friend. Those are the people that get blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And we all can be that. But all we need to do is just repent and get with God. And just work the works of him while it is day. Because when dark comes, no man can work. It's no more time to waste. Do the best you can do with what God has given you. He's given you his son's life. He's given us everything. Amen. And do not conform. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word conform means model or fashion to worldly lust. 
you know, trying to dress like they dress, do what they do, go seeing these crazy movies like they do. I'm not doing it. We are his chosen vessels who will prove to the world what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And we offer our bodies, all that we are, all that we have, and allow God's use. Amen. You know, not my, my body is a temple. That's why I'm, I'm losing weight. You need to lose weight, but that's the wrong reason. You understand what I'm saying? So I had someone tell me a week ago, uh, what did they say? Uh, my, uh, he said my temple is, my body is a temple, and it belonged to God. And he was, had just smoked weed, and he told me he was, has just smoked some weed. But his body is a temple. It's just ridiculous, some of this religious crazy stuff people say. And he was looking at me to see what I'm going to say, and I did like this. Let him know where I was on that one. Mm-mm. That ain't going to work with me. Amen. We don't do things for show. We do things because God told us to do it. With godly morals and purity of heart. Amen. When we mess up, God is faithful and just to forgive. And that's all we need. Full of compassion, full of mercy. We don't serve a mean God. We serve a God that loves us no matter what. Amen. When you understand how uh, this works about conforming to the world, it's because your mind has been renewed. You have to have a renewed mind to conform. Because if you don't, it's a lot of things, um, you know, that we conform to without thinking. Because, you know, if our minds are not totally renewed, you know, some of that stuff seems good. It sounds good. It, one little thing won't hurt. Y'all know what I'm saying? And then we wind up seeing, oh, we in the carnal. We're in carnal. Amen. But we have to have godly morals and purity of heart. And that's just walk, just walk in, your, walk in the ways of God. It's nothing that's hard to do. Just live your life from day to day. Amen. And if your heart is right, you'll, you'll, you'll be in the confines of the Word of God. And you don't have to be doing stuff to show nobody nothing or to show God something. Don't conform to the dictates of what the world does or how they live, how they dress, how they think. But be Christ-like, thinking soberly. For we have the mind of Christ. And hold fast to your confession. In other words, say what God says about your situation. Get information from God about what you're doing. And, and ask for scripture. And he'll give it to you. And if he don't give you something, if you can't hear his voice, look in the back of the book. What do you call that thing? The concordance. And find what your situation pertains to and read it. And get one scripture and look in the scripture reference and get another scripture. Until you are, you have a base, you know, a scriptural base for what God, and this what gives you the authority to ask God what it is that you want. Amen. And you shall get it. Hallelujah. Let's see. When your mind is renewed, you cannot conform to the dictates of the world. But you will think soberly for, because we have the mind of Christ. And hold fast your confession saying what God has already said about your situation and not what the doctors say. Amen. We are the seed of Abraham and the word of God will work always. And it and the work the word of God will prove you out because what that means is what you've been declaring, what you have been saying, what you have been thinking about, and what you have been telling people. It will prove you out. See, you prove God. You prove to God that you believe it, and you say, you know, say to the mountain. You speak to that mountain, and you say it with conviction, and you stay a straight. 
arrow and don't change. Don't wish wash. When you do that, I'm telling you, this word will prove you out. You don't have to get God to do anything for you because he's got his written word and it will prove you out. Amen. And you will have what you say, but you have to hold fast your profession. You cannot change. You must stay steady. And if you've ever changed at any time, repent. God is faithful and he's just. And you will have, if you're not doing this stuff, that I, you know, then you won't get it. Because you have to use your faith. You must use your faith. And when you use your faith, you will declare it. And you will decree it. And decree it to your dresser. In your mirror. I'm serious. Hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And pretty soon, you'll start believing what you're saying. And then you look up. And it's real close, and you're saying, hmm, well, maybe it's okay. God is dealing with our hearts all the time. Amen. But God knows what's best for us. He knows the people he wants around you. We don't know. People give us any kind of stuff we want to hear. Or anything that they think will over, will overwhelm you or Make you feel like they're okay. But God knows. And he will guide your steps. Amen. The uh, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We praise you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord God.